the logistics of poor roads, poor infrastructure, uh, getting to the remote villages is a challenge. And clearly those prices are being controlled and clearly some money is changing hands. You come across people who have an absolute passion and drive to make change. You know, that they, they aren't willing to sit there with a the status quo. They do see that there is a better way of doing it. The vast continent of Africa, the terrain, the lack of transportation infrastructure, poverty, corruption, violence, name a supply chain challenge and you will find it in abundance in the developing countries of the African continent. Or looking at it another way, improving the health of Africans is a very good fit for the kind of expertise found at SIPS and its partner association, ASCM, the Association for Supply Chain Management. Welcome to Global Sourcing Insights from SIPS. I'm Bob Rosbach. Our guest today is Duncan Brock, FCIPS Chartered Professional and Group Director at SIPS. Duncan is the point person for a significant SIPS project in Africa funded by the William and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is very well known for its commitment to improving health in developing countries. Duncan, welcome to our program. Bob, thank you. and delighted to be here and to join the program today. Excellent. Well, let's start with the basics. What are a few of the most significant medical supply, procurement, and logistics challenges in Africa? You, you touched on a few in your introduction there. The, the logistics and getting um, drugs, medical supplies, equipment from warehouses to point of use is where there's been a lot of focus uh, from a number of organizations. And that, the logistics of poor roads, poor infrastructure, uh, Getting to the remote villages is a challenge uh, from a logistics perspective. What we are looking at is more around the procurement perspective, which is how does stuff get into the warehouse in the first place? And there we are really facing pretty basic procurement. I mean, you know, the lack of planning, buying the wrong stuff at the wrong quantity at the wrong time. I mean, it is, it is the fundamentals of procurement that in most developed countries you'd expect to see in place and without that you know feeding the machine that goes into the warehouse then trying to get it from the warehouse to point of use is always going to be a big challenge so you were really in procurement 101 in many cases yeah i've, I've described it as that and, and you know, if you look at a maturity curve of procurement what we're unearthing in these countries we're working with is really it is basics and what's been interesting is that while you can point the finger at you know the department of health and others what we're finding is there's so, so many people are starting to get involved in this procurement whether it's donors or it's um, people like diffid from the uk almost like taking over the procurement on behalf of government but then only doing a bit of it and no one's got that broader view of how does all this fit together so that we do have the right medical supplies, we do have the right medicines, we do have the right equipment at the point it's needed so that the people in South Africa or Kenya or Nigeria or whichever country we're looking at, so those people have the ability to get the treatment they need when they need it. So in a way, you have some well-intentioned organizations and people kind of falling all over themselves in some ways trying to help and making a, a kind of a, a, a big mess. Uh, I think it'd be unfair to say the big mess. I mean, I think that's um, <laughs> there, there are certain of the organisations. I'd say the Global Fund as an example, who are doing a very, very good job at trying to consolidate demand so that they're getting good 
value for money out of pharmaceuticals uh, and then supplying them into these markets. I think the challenge is um, making sure that, that that flow links in with equipment and supplies and other things that go with the treatments. So it, it, part of it is coordination. And part of it is, you're quite right, there are lots of very well-intentioned organizations trying to do the best, um, but not necessarily connected. Um, and you know, if you sat there as the Department of Health Procurement Director, trying to understand how all these bits fit, and therefore, are you really getting the value you need from the budgets that's available? That's probably uh, where there needs to be a lot more focus, uh, as far as we can see. So who is purchasing the supplies and how are their choices limited by their circumstances there? Most of the people who are doing purchasing at the moment are, have come from a pharmaceutical background, certainly the ones that we've been interviewing and talking to. So there, seems, there is this view that you know, the pharmacists at least understand the, what what the technical nature of what they're buying and therefore they can buy. Um, so while they're in place, they don't necessarily have the procurement or purchasing skills, but they've got the technical backgrounds. There are other constraints in place as well. There's things like uh, an essential medical list that in the country, let's take South Africa as an example, um, to, have, to have drugs, to procure drugs, you need to have them on the essential medical list. Now that essential medical list is controlled by the regulator. Now, if that regulator does not approve an alternative drug, then as a procurer, I can't go and buy the alternative. So procurement's been done in a certain way, but there's also quite a few market constraints which stop people doing the more strategic procurement that you'd expect them to be see. So they often are doing things based on what they're told to do rather than being able to influence um, the market in the way that I would expect people to be doing if they're really looking at a procurement in a, in a different way. So what is the specific charge of SIPs? Uh, what are you working on? What part of the problem? What are you providing? So we were asked to, to come in and say, okay, how would you help us to get procurement to the level of maturity and development that it needs to be to furnish the supply chain effectively? And so we've started on that journey of looking at how procurement is done currently, um, what are the recommendations for improvement that we would expect to see, and we're using our standard of organizational capability to do that. What are the skills that people need to be effectively doing that procurement? And then that's all very nice, that's a diagnostic phase, but then implement the changes. So we are then now working to build the, the improvement plan and work with the Department of Health um, in whichever countries we're in to drive that improvement forward. Um, we're doing it specifically in South Africa and Nigeria and Kenya as three target countries. But then we're also looking to share best practice knowledge across other countries. And one of the things we've been tasked to do is to build a knowledge hub which will become a knowledge hub for medical procurement professionals anywhere in Africa, where they can access guidance, best tools, practices, they can network with each other, they can basically learn from each other to, to raise the standard of procurement generally across a whole range of countries, um, but using the, the three main ones as focal points for us. 
it sounds like you're trying to create some sort of a sustainable model because you can't just go in and try to train uh, one cohort of people to be better purchasers, better buyers of these supplies, and then hope for the best. You really, you're really trying to create a whole ecosystem of procurement. One of the things that's impressed me about Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is that they are looking for the long-term sustainable uh, improvement. We've been involved before where you've had a grant or uh, a, a program which has got a six-month window and they're trying to fix something and then walk away and leave it. Um, the, the, the Gates Foundation has been much more about, yes, build this long-term sustainable capability in procurement, uh, both from a process and a structure and then the people so that you're starting to get the talented procurement people that you need and qualified procurement people that you need or certified in the right roles, influencing the market in the, in the way they should be to, to really drive value up and get more value for money from the, either the grant, the donors who are funding some of this medicine and also from the government who've got some um, budgets to spend on healthcare for their citizens. So walk, walk us through again uh, the, the steps. You started with uh, an assessment, an evaluation of what's there. Uh, diagnostics, I think you called it. And so yep. you are pretty far along, or are you finished with that? And then what's next again? So uh, I'll, I'll come back to the three countries. So in South Africa, uh, we have completed the diagnostic. We've um, identified 10 areas of improvement that um, we are recommending to the Department of Health that they take forward. The first one is really looking at the organizational structure and, and really strengthening the procurement at the center, which is the Department of Health. But in South Africa, as well as the center, you've also got the provinces. So in each province, they have their own, uh, a bit like states, you know, they have their own procurement structure. So it's, it's looking at that organizational model for procurement. Uh, but then it will be embedding far better practices, processes, ways of working. So we've agreed a implementation program with the Department of Health in South Africa, and we're now working with them to work through that program over the next 12 to 18 months. In Nigeria, we're at an earlier stage where we are underway with the diagnostics. So we're currently um, looking at how things work, interviewing key stakeholders in the center, looking at a couple of states uh, and working out how we do that. And then in Kenya, we're just starting, we've just got agreement with the government that we will do this first phase. And so that's, we're just mobilizing now to go in and do the, the work in, in Kenya. Uh, so we've got separate teams working in all three countries. Um, it's all been coordinated by us in the UK. You run across corruption in procurement everywhere. It's not. It's a. It's a pretty. It's a pretty common disease, um, and uh, I understand that in South Africa and maybe other parts there, there's there's really been a history of corruption in the government. And how do you address that? That's a that's a really tough nut to crack. It is, and. We we have an office in South Africa, and we have been working very closely with that office over the last um, six or seven years now. And it is a topic that comes up frequently uh, there. We also have an office in Ghana, and we've also had the same challenges uh, there. So 
we understand that fraud and corruption takes place. Uh, we also understand that the, the majority of it is not being done by people who I would see as being a procurement professional or a member of SIPs uh, in these countries. It is being done by other people who have a finger in the pie and who are willing to take a cut. And whether that's politicians or whether that's sort of um, civil servants, you know, there are people involved in this chain who will be um, taking, you know, taking some money out of the system. If you look at how much money is being spent on some of these drugs uh, and equipment, and you look at what the market price is, it, there is huge delta. And clearly, those prices are being controlled, and clearly some money is changing hands. But we will identify it, we will shine a spotlight on it, and then we will make sure that the local authorities um, are given the, the information to go and address it themselves through their own channels. All we can do is just try and help to build a more robust procurement uh, structure. And I had this conversation the other day with somebody that said, I'm looking for people, for procurement people who are competent, but also confident. And therefore, you've, you also want people who, as a procurement expert, who's looking at this spend area and thinking there's something wrong in country, you want them to have the ability to also be confident to shine a light on it and to flag it up to the right authorities. Um, and not be, you know, and, and stand up as a professional that that's what their role should be, and not just to go, oh well, yeah, yet again I've been told to do this by this politician or by this minister. You know, that's not that's not procurement person doing their job. That's someone yeah. who's just a, following the process uh, and not actually challenging the commercial practices that they see. Well, we do know that uh, in many, many ways, uh, procurement professionals have become change agents uh, within organizations. So uh, it sounds like that's a role that uh, they're, they're have to, they have to play here, too. It is. I, we, I, we do a graduation ceremony every year in, in, in Africa. And I was at the South Africa graduation ceremony, um, this would be middle of last year. And I met sort of 100-odd procurement people who got fully qualified or certified in, in SIPs and the passion that these people have to make a difference in their countries. And these were people from Zambia, Zimbabwe, Kenya, Uganda, South Africa, Botswana. And, and they come through with such a passion and enthusiasm for making a difference in their countries, but mostly in, in public sector. And um, I always come away inspired from those that says that there are people who are willing to shine a light on it. There are people who can see that there is money being wasted through the system. And they really do see that they, if they get procurement done better in those countries, then they'll improve the lives of the citizens in those countries. And that's, that always comes through. And to some extent, that's why SIPS is delighted to be working on this program, because we can see that if we get these things right, we will improve the lives and the health of, of, of uh, people living in key African countries. And that would be a great thing to be a, a part of. So this is kind of an off-the-wall question, but in meeting all these folks and doing this work, have you run into any heroes, people that have just really inspired you? Uh, I'll come back to my comments about the people who I see graduating. You come across people who have an absolute passion and drive to make a change. You know, that they, they aren't willing to sit there with the status quo. They do see that there is a better way of doing it. Um, and they probably come from 
uh, an environment where they've seen it done either in the private sector done better or they've they've been to the US or the UK or New Zealand or somewhere and they've seen a um, a way of working that is very different from how they see it in their own country. Um, and there are a number of those people, some in, in very influential roles. And what we're doing is trying to align with those people so that we can help them to A, spread the message about what good procurement looks like, but B, enable them to implement some of the changes that they wanted to, to make, but maybe haven't had the support from people around them we can act as a bit of a we can act as a, a catalyst for some change there and, and provide some resources to help them to implement changes that they some of them of which they've had on their radar but haven't necessarily had the opportunity to drive forward in the way that we can because we have funding behind us that allows us to help them to do things so do you think that uh, you really can make a difference that you will be able to do something that is has some sustainability uh, and not just a, a one shot uh, one time around and in and out. What's your sense? I I do believe so. Um, I've I've been quite excited by the opportunity that's there to make a difference. Um, I think the only the only thing that will stop us is ongoing funding because while I've said I've been quite encouraged by. The long-term view of the Gates Foundation, clearly there's always a, a time at which that money runs out and it's whether we can get either other funding or the government themselves will commit more budget to continuing to make the improvements. The real sustainability will come from having a, um, a stronger group of well-educated procurement professionals embedded into these health organisations. That will take a number of years to get to that caliber and cadre of people. If we get there, then we'll get sustainability. Otherwise, we could end up with a wonderful um, organization that looks great on paper with some better processes, but no one's there to actually make that machine work properly. So that's the bit that I'll, when I see that the numbers of people and the strength of the organization and therefore the sustainability of a stronger health organization health procurement organization, then that's the point where I'll know that we've started to get sustainability. Excellent. Well, it is a huge task that you've undertaken, and uh, it must be personally satisfying to, to kind of see it develop. And you I, are I making a difference. Agree? I, I totally agree, Bob. But it is, it's one of those that I've been in procurement for a long time, and I've worked in a whole variety of different sectors. And it's great to find something that you believe that you really can make a, a significant impact by improving procurement in a way. And all the team who are involved in it all feel the same way. You know, they all are very much in the point of, we can do something here. Um, and what's great is you know, we've got a grant behind us, which allows us to get on and do something to really make an impact in a way that you know, if you're trying to fund it yourself, sometimes you constrain yourself in terms of the things you can do. So, uh, yeah, we we do see that we, we really can make a difference here. So, yeah, it's a, exciting to be a part of. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Duncan Brock, Group Director at SIPS. And thanks to our listeners for joining us as well for Global Sourcing Insights from SIPS. I'm Bob Rossbeck. Good day.